Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina, from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Wow. We went from a week of intense heat to this morning. I thought, yeah, it's beautiful. I, it's nice to take a break from all that intense heat. It's good for the plants too, because you can see that if we get a little bit of moisture, they're able to take a deep breath of that cool air. Yes, plants breathe. And they're going to be able to absorb up some of that moisture if we're giving them that extra little care, because their respiration is not going to the water's not going to leave their leaf cells as fast as on a cooler day that they can retain that moisture. And I have to say, you know, I have a little rabbit and I don't know if we've become best buddies, but in the morning I have a buddy little rabbit that sits by my truck. And lately when I come home in the evening, that same little buddy rabbit is sitting there. But I have to say, when he's laying on uh, the last few days on the concrete, he's been belly down on the concrete. And I'm thinking, okay, he's in the shade. Maybe it's a little cooler. And today he was nibbling nicely on a few of the weeds that are just beside my truck. I thought, Kept go, keep going. Stay away from my flowers, but keep going. And it kind of brought me into thing. I switched the poem quickly. And I found a poem that was... So appropriate, after watching him munch away on those lovely little weeds, listen to In the Garden of Whedon. As I sat in the shade, what did I spy? A weed sprouting up with mischievous intent. Pull it and stomped it, destroy it I did. Certainly it's gone, I thought to myself, as I plopped down to enjoy the afternoon breeze. Before I could lean back, up they did pop. A handful of those nasty green garden sneak thieves. Pull em and stomp em, destroy em I did. This time I got, I got them good. Back to the tree for a hasty retreat. To drink a cool beer and relax in the shade. I opened my brew and then sat down myself, wanting to lounge and do nothing but measure. As I gazed at the garden, what did I see? Why, dozen more weeds all growing sky high. Curse you, vile weeds, out of my patch. I pull you, I cut you, and I make you a green habitat. I pulled and I cut, but this time I waited to see if those weeds would try to grow back. Not one weed did show, so I let out a shout. I beat you, I did. One last word is mine. Turning to go back to the cool, shady spot, my eyes, they took in an unbelievable sight. There, under my tree, grew thousands of weeds who drank down my beer and laughed heartily. The war is not over. It's only begun. More of our kin will sprout up each time. It's all about the garden and the weeds, too. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. We're partway through June, and I'm going to say, yeah, soon we're going to hit that summer solstice, and it's also a Great day to be out in the garden. Let's go quickly to the lines. Marie is waiting. Hi, Marie. Hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, not too bad, thank you. Very good. I was good. wondering, um, once tulips quit blooming, can you cut the, everything back to ground level? 
Okay. What's, yeah, that's that time of season, right? Depending on if you did early, uh, early, late or mid-season uh, tulips. Uh, what you're going to do is you are going to cut the tulip stalk itself, but leave the leaves alone. Okay. okay. Yeah. And the rationale behind this is uh, you're, you want to save the energy uh, in the leaf structure and let the leaves die back naturally. I know it's really hard to do that <laughs> when you see them going brown. We have the tendency to go, if it's brown, cut it down. But okay. you know what? We want it to leave because the sugars and starches from the cells of those leaf structures is what gives the bulb that extra boost in energy to plump up again for next year's blooming, okay? Yeah, I, I just thought, you know, cause what I need to do, I have to thin them all out, so I, I, well, so I cut them right back. Cause I want to plant, you know, want to plant other, uh, tra- um, you know, uh, transplants and amongst them, but they're so thick, like the, the bed is so thick with tulips that I just wanted to clean them all out. Like, I'll have to dig them probably out later in the fall and uh, re-set re, uh, them. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and always remember when uh, that year, you just brought up another little point, because even when we are doing uh, bulb planting in the fall, and if you want to lift them, and I like the way you said lift them in the in the fall, because that's the time you still want that energy to go back to the bulb. So hold off. Maybe there's some areas that you could tweak some other annuals or perennials around them for now. But uh, lifting you know, the them in the... Is, the only thing is I've already cut them all down to the ground level, so who knows oh, what, what I might okay. have in the fall or next year. Okay, well, then if you've cut the foliage and you've cut everything down, so you can do that, you know, if you wanted to lift them and move them, you could do it now. Okay, uh, no, and I don't then, have no room yeah. for that now. Because <laughs> we've okay. got all the other transplants in, you know, around them and everything. Yeah, like yeah. So. Okay, well, just mark it, and then in the fall, do some a little bit of lifting and moving things over. And if they are, I can just envision this. I love tulip beds that are just full of color. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would be a beautiful picture. Thank you. Okay. 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 Yeah. Have, so, have that's a great what day. I'll do then. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome, okay. Maria. Thank you okay. for calling in. Bye-bye. It's, can you imagine it? You just gave me this beautiful vision of all these tulips that are out there. And it's the same when you look at the allium, and pretty soon the allium are going to be starting to come up with their beautiful strap leaves, and I can just imagine a beautiful display of allium too as well. That's probably one of my fall favorite things to plant in the fall. We're going to go right back to lines. Good morning, Barbara. Yes, Carla. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your show. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, You know what? I appreciate you guys too because we have so much fun learning together and having a good morning at talk. Yeah, we certainly do. We certainly do. Where are you calling? I forgot to ask Marie, but where are you calling from? I'm calling from Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, it's a nice day. You know what? I can take the coolness. (laughs) It's a good day to weed. Oh, it is. (laughs) I have a boomerang lilac tree. Yep. And... uh, when do I when do I trim it? Spring or fall? No, you do. Uh, okay, good question. Another thumbs up question on that. I love it. Um, lilacs, and this is a good shout out time for it. So thank you as a reminder for everyone. When you do your lilac trimming, you should do it a couple weeks after it's finished blooming. Okay. Yeah, but um, in the spring and the fall. Oh, but then okay. Um, if you're doing the bloomerang that's in there, I would probably do a little bit in the fall that's in it because it is a repeat bloomer. Sorry, go okay. back up. Yeah. 
I would do a little bit in the fall that's in there, but just after it's finished blooming. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. We forget about it, and, I, and my mind just went, okay, yeah, you're right. Bloomerangs are the ones that repeat and do a repeat bloom portion of it. So that kind of, you know when they say that there's always a different scenario? And in gardening, there's always something else that causes that break. Now, just before we go to Ben, with Barbara's comment on the lilacs, I just want to make sure everyone is clear that if you have a normal standard lilac, uh, after it's finished blooming is a great time to do your shaping and shearing. I would probably say even Barbara with your blue meringue, um, I would probably still do a little bit of not pruning back hard, but I would probably definitely do a uh, deadhead. And that's um, people are, and if you're a newbie gardener, you're saying, what is a deadhead? Well, to deadhead a plant rem- is to remove the spent blooms. So even with the blue meringue, if you're removing, not pruning, but if you're removing the flowers, I think the analogy with the blue meringue would probably follow in suit with an annual plant, whereas if I deadhead it, it encourages further blooming. So remove your de- spent heads on there, barb, but not trimming back into the tree. Whereas if you were wanting to do maintenance and trimming of your lilacs to set them back, I know I have a Meyer lilac that's about six feet tall and boy, oh boy, the last three, three years I have not pruned it. My son came over. He helped me. I put up, get up in a ladder. I need to actually bring this back about two feet because A, it just had a little bit of a winter crush on some heavy snow this year so I know in the next week or so I'm going to be out there shaping and shearing so that it sets the buds on the old wood for next year now that follows suit with a lot of lilacs and remember if you're venturing into the mock orange category of some ornamental shrubs whether you're into the old uh, tall varieties or the the snowbell variety that's on there you also want to make sure that you're trimming your mock orange at the same time as you're doing your family of lilacs because they do set their bud on the last year's wood. All right, I hope I just made that clear. Let's go right to Ben. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. Where are you calling from, Ben? I'm calling from Carmen. Well, hello to Carmen this morning. Has it dried out there? Uh... No, After, it's, you, it's, 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 it's very, very dry out here. Okay, yeah, you guys got some rain, some wicked rain last week, didn't you? Well, we've had a few uh, really good showers. Yeah. Uh, some of them amounted to about four inches of rain, but the ground is so dry that it's, it, it could still stand quite a bit more of it. Uh, you know what? I'm in agreement with you. It's been it's been a very dry year, and I know that some people are on some water restrictions. Um, but if there is that extra that we can get some extra moisture in the ground, I totally agree. We need the fields greening up. We need plants, and we need our mature trees to have a good drink just to keep them sustained. You know, it's like us. We work hard all through uh, a long, hard day in the sun. We want a nice big quench of moisture too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How can we help you on the Lawn and Garden Journal this morning? Um, <clears throat> pardon me. My question is about carrots. Is there a, a spray or some, something that you can put on your carrots that will that'll, uh, take out the weeds and yet leave the carrot un, unharmed? Ooh, 
Um, is, is there such a thing? Uh, you know, most of the weed controls that we have now, now are iron-based that's on there. And I think, I don't know, and I, I like, um, I'm not going to wing this one for sure because I don't know if there is. The gold old garden hoe is going to help you a little bit. But um, I can probably see, or I'll ask my uh, business partner here. I, you may have heard me tell you before that I like to grow it and he likes to kill it because he's a really good guy on on the chem side for treatment of weeds and that. That's on it. But I don't know if the iron uh, weed products would affect the carrot heads or the development that's on there. Sometimes it may, if you apply too much iron, it may affect that. But why don't you leave your phone number with... Uh, Eva, she's on, uh, she's on, on main control here helping me. And then I'll ask him and I'll do a reference. And then I'll also mention on next week's show. But uh, usually around carrots, it's either hand pulling or getting out that good old stirrup hoe and uh, doing a little bit of weeding around some of the areas. Okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm going to check on whether the iron-based um, weeds, because, you know, there's no more weed and feed and there's no more... Um, you know, the good old stuff that you could apply because we're trying to be a little bit more environmentally friendly. But I'm going to ask first whether the iron application of some weeds, like the Weed Be Gone products, would harm your carrots, okay? Okay, very good. Yeah, I don't want to give you the wrong information, okay? Okay. Okay. You've stumped me on this one. Thank you. You're going to make my mind, and I'm going to learn from it too. (laughs) So who who do I give this number to? Uh, Eva, Eva's on our control. Uh, she's the one that probably sets up the ca- calls for me, but and she's a wonderful lady. She'll take your phone number down, and I will uh, get back to you. Okay. 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 Thank you, Ben, for calling. All right, it's wonderful. Hey, he stumped me. I love being stumped too because then you get your brain going. And sometimes when you hear me kind of pausing and kind of going through it, there's so many different applications and different scenarios, and there's always that. Maybe someone's out there that's tried something around their carrots that's listening to the show that, hey, we get inspired if it works for you. Let's go right back to the lines. Lorette is next. Good morning, Lorette. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from? St. Adolph. St. Adolph. Well, hello, St. Adolph. I have a strange question for you. Okay. Can you tell me what the four o'clock plant looks like? What, four o'clock? Well, the four, um, well... Sometimes with the four o'clock plant, it almost looks like um, uh, if you kind of look at the shape of the leaf structure that's on it, it usually comes up very straight. It's not kind of super windy that's on it. It has more of a, if I said a spady shape type leaf structure to it that's on it. It kind of has a little pointy leaf, like a spade comes down to a a point that's on it. So if you have plants like that and it almost looks like um uh like a if you know diplodenia petunia type it's got that same kind of round shape throated too as well which hummingbirds absolutely love but uh it's going to grow more sort of an uppy right but it's going to have definitely that sort of spady type shape leaf to it okay is it variegated some of them are Yes, bravo! Some of the ver- some of the variegated uh, hollyhocks, you'll get them where they have a, a striation that's in them. Uh, you can get some that are sort of a creamy, uh, creamy white to green variegated colorant in it. Yes. 
That's the four o'clock. Yes, four o'clock. Because I have, I had someone pick up plants for me this year because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. And they brought me some plants that were not labeled. Oh. Six months. Because I had asked for four o'clock. Yeah. And they said they had asked the garden center. That's what they were given. Oh. But they're not labeled. But it's a very low-growing plant, for the time being, anyway. And it's variegated green leaves. Yep. And it bloomed very similar to a petunia. Yep. And it's a kind of lavender color. It's a very lovely color. But it blooms during the day. Yeah, well, they will bloom. Like, it's kind of... Because in that whole category, it's kind of cool because... When you get those petunia, well, I'm going to call them petunia types. So everyone knows what a petunia is, or hopefully you know what a petunia is. And if you're a newbie gardener. No, no, I know what a petunia is like. Yeah, it's got that rounded uh, shape to the flower, which comes to a trumpeted uh, axle when it leaves the, uh, joins the leaf set that's behind it. And yeah. the morning glory families is sort of in that same category. It looks like that. And oh, yes, when you, yes, yes. Yeah. And then it almost gives us that reminiscent look of like the Diplodinia mandibule, like that roundish flower that's on there. But yes. there are so many different types of four clocks, like, you know, of color shades, just like your morning glories. There's different types of them. And it, you know what? It's such a beautiful flower. And I know it as, um, you know, I think I kind of uh, confuse some of my staff here because on my jar, when I have the four clocks, I don't have four clocks. I said it, it's the marvel. And I call it the Marvel of Peru, which is oh, yes. like... Marvel of Peru for yes. a clock. Or I yes. think the scientific name is Mirabilis. Ah. M-I-R-A-B-I-L-I-S. Thumbs up. Mirabilis Jalapa is very good. Yes. Okay. But the fact that it, it was in bloom during the day... Yeah. I figured I was thrown out, thrown out because I figured, well, it's not at 4 o'clock then. But as you say, some varieties do bloom. Because I figured I had a four o'clock where the four who I was wasn't checking its watch. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl, that is so funny. Because yes, when you figure that morning glories, and I guess maybe when you look back, you wonder. Like we could be sitting down having a whole discussion about this. Grab a cup of coffee. Like we are talking about morning glories, so you think, okay, morning glory, and then four o'clocks, and then there's the moonflower. So. You could have this whole extension conversation about plants that bloom in the morning, afternoon, at, you know, afternoon siesta time, and then even going into moonflowers. Like if you, uh, and the moonflowers are kind of in the same Ipomea, uh, morning glory family that's in there, but the blooms open later in the evening that give you that pure white iridescence and that glow in the evening garden. So that's pretty. <laughs> Great conversation, Lorette. This is good. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day. Okay. You enjoy your weekend, too. It's going to be a nice one out there. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So when we're seeing the conversations of it, can you see where the twist of all this is kind of going, which is kind of good? And when you're planting it, uh, just a little bit of an indication, when you're having your different types of flowers opening at different time sets, it makes a different type of garden effect. And I love moonflowers just as much as I love when you see creations of people that create a pocket of their garden, which is white on white, because we know with the moon, 
casting that little bit of light on a white flower, that's where you get the moon garden aspect is because white glows at night. All right, let's go right back to lines. Kathy is next. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. And how are you and where are you calling from? Winnipeg. Yes. Well, hello, Winnipeg. Uh-huh. And um, I'm having a problem this year. I have beautiful uh, roses, but I'm having a big problem with a really maroon bug that I've never seen before. Ooh. It's um, tiny. It almost looks like the red bug off the lilies, but yep. it's slimmer, a lot slimmer, and dark, dark maroon. And it's just eating those. Um, it makes a tiny hole in the rosebud, but it also, um, oh, it's just destroying them like crazy. Um, and I had so many bu- uh, buds on the roses. Like yeah. the roses are just full of buds, but all of a sudden they're, it's just like they came in on that big wind and uh, these things, and I'm forever picking them off. Okay, but, all right, um, yeah. That's disheartening. I can I can hear... Um, you know, it's hard. It's like when uh, we get the flea beetles coming in off of the crops and then we start getting it on some of our stuff. So we have this cycle of bugs. And we have to understand that bugs are part of garden. It's right. just disheartening when we get them. So right now uh, I'm seeing reports of uh, thrips on roses and it actually causes a little bit of a laciness where there's trails and that kind of stuff that's on the leaves we also have uh beetles that are happening that's on there and aphids so within yeah within all the categories that you have there kathy what we have to do is take some remedies to repair them so if you have um i always like to blast things off with water first because that is one element that is so natural yeah. yeah but they it's it's a quick little fix that's on there. But then if you have uh, sometimes um, in some garden sheds out there, there may be some remnants of some rose dust sitting out there. So if you have rose dust, you can use that. I'm trying to. Too. Okay. Yeah. But you have to remember, though, if, if we do get high winds and if we do get heavy rains, you will have to reapply the right. rose dust. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't have any of the rose dust that has... Um, those products and there there are other uh, there's endol uh there's bt uh sorry not btk there's uh insecticola which is diatomaceous earth that you can put on there as oh, well okay just one sec but uh, it, I, Di- I do have it i just uh i want to write it down so i yep. remember yeah no worries yeah. it's called diatomaceous earth yeah. or um or insecticola it depends on which which ones it's branded as you know, because yeah. there's branding names, but as long as it has the property is diatomaceous earth, yeah. and you can use it, it's uh, a, a safe application to use on that. Okay. But once you see them, and that's the that's the whole part of it, is if we're getting involved in our gardens, Bernice, we're out there walking around. When you can see them at the first 
on set that you see some issues happening is the time that we take action to remedy it. Because you know that specifically, even with flea beetles, you see one, yeah. they're going to call all their friends, uh, and then right. over overnight you can have a little bit of a demise the next morning, and you're right. done. It's upsetting. Would that be the same then uh, on my peonies? The light pink ones are fine. The dark or pink or purpley color, they've got something too. So I guess they were closest to whatever came. And the center of them has been eaten out. Yeah, okay, so if it's in the same proximity, you can treat the same as the same okay. product on the same yeah. one. Yeah, okay. but just remember, on the peonies too, um, there's the other thing, and I hate to say it, but I was working, um, we're moving into our new area here on our new yard, and I've right. been out there working with the guys moving shrubs in, and I have been, thank goodness I've got my garden gloves on, I have been popping a few of the canker worms that are out oh, there. Oh, me so, too, me too. Okay. Yeah, so the canker worms are out there. So if you're getting holes or the edges are being eaten, it could be a worm. If if you are getting the laciness uh, through the leaves on the top, it could be a thrip. All right. And on some of your roses, if you're getting circle, actually perfectly good circles out there, it could be a cutter bee. Okay? Okay. All right. So try that, and I hope you have some success with it, okay? <laughs> keeps you busy, doesn't it? It does, but you know what? It keeps you active, it keeps you yeah. healthy, and it keeps your mind going. And you don't have to go to the spa. You can just get your exercise in the yard. Oh, I totally believe you. Hey, yeah. and and when you want to slow down from the movement of the lifting, the moving, the hauling, the actions, yeah. it's keeping you fluid it's keeping your muscle and every now and then bernice let's sit under that tree and watch some of the weeds grow (laughs) (laughs) oh they grow fast enough they don't you don't have to sit down (laughs) anyway Uh, how are the little girls oh they're very good very good i'm gonna miss i'm not seeing them uh for a while and maybe in the fall All right. Okay. Good. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So as we go through, thank you, Bernice, for calling, and thank you for mentioning them. It's all about the different stuff, and I think I mixed up Kathy's name, but let's go right back to Lions because we want to get all the callers in. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from? I'm calling from McCreary. McCreary. Well, hello. And what's the day out there like? Oh, it's cool today. Dry. (laughs) Yeah, well, we could use a a lot of moisture, but I think the coolness just gives all the plants a little bit of a break, too, as well. Just like us. How can we help you this morning on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Unknowingly, I cut off my uh, uh, well-established peony two years ago. I mean, unknowingly, I didn't know that would make it not bloom last year, and it still isn't blooming this year. I was wondering, is there anything I can do to bring it back? The foliage is beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so just to go back, so you cut the blooms off previous to it blooming last year? No, two years ago. I cut the branches off or the the foliage off because it was always overshadowing my uh, annuals. Okay. And then I looked that up and it said, no, you don't do that because they need those reserves or something till fall. And I cut them off probably in August. 
Yeah. And then it didn't flower last year, and so it doesn't seem like it's going to flower again, but the the green is just beautiful on it. It's healthy looking. Okay. Now, are you fertilizing as well at the same yes, time? Yes, I am or no? now, yeah. Okay, so are you, what are you fertilizing with? Uh, that's just the stuff you get at the stores that have green and yellow. What the heck's the name of it? Miracle, Miracle Grow. Grow. But I bought this new stuff at a greenhouse, and it is called... Well, if you have the MP... Okay, so if you're fertilizing it, you're going to help to give it a little bit of fertilization, and then if you look at your ratio of your fertilizer, if it's like your NPK ratio, if your middle number of the NPK is higher, it could help to encourage blooming that's on it. If the middle number is higher, okay. The middle number is the higher one that you want for the blooming aspect of any type of uh, blooming plant or, you know, production that's on it. So okay. I would encourage that. And sometimes some plants, once they've gone under a little bit of a shock or a setback, just need time to resettle themselves before they eventually get back into that mode. Okay? Okay, I know when I moved some years ago, it took about three or four years for them to get yeah. there again. Yeah, so. and, peonies, and peonies are a little bit, uh, you know, they're one of those workhorses of the garden that when you look at it, um, it's actually coming back in vogue now with the peony structure that's out there, is that even with peonies, if you plant them a little bit too uh, deep in the morning, or too deep when you're first originally planting them, it kind of sets them to not bloom, all right? Okay. So it's the same theory. It's a waiting game that you have to play. That's all I can do. Eh? Okay, yeah, that's all much. you can do. Uh, fertilize nicely, but fertilize with the high blooming period that's on it. And then, uh, like all the plants, usually in late August, they're in their uh, their dormancy mode. We, want, we don't want to talk about fall yet, but that's when most plants start their dormancy. So cut back on your fertilizing at that point. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank Have you for day. calling. Okay, bye. Okay, you too. You too. So... There are different aspects of gardening, and it's looking at the care of them and fertilizing. It's one of the things that uh, when we want to encourage the blooming on certain plants is we want to keep them going. And sometimes there's different scenarios, like applications of putting in uh, manures and compost. You have to be careful how much manure uh, compost that you're doing, whether it's cow or steer uh, that you're doing, because sometimes too much fertilizer on the nitrogen side will cause lush green, tons of greenery growth, but it usually at the point where it kind of cuts back on the blooming period that's on it. So for manures, go soft and gentle. It's nice, it's good stuff to apply, but when you really want to push it, push the other aspect of it. Making sure that it has well moisture that's in it, because moisture is key too, also in the development of your stages of bud set development that's on it. And it actually encourages the blooming aspect and the bloom size. Um, there's sometimes there's a frequency that we hear usually in June or late June or July saying, I've got the blooms from the garden centers that we're at, but the flower size had, has decreased. Getting yourself into a regime of watering and feeding because annuals are here for such a short period of time. Our blooming, our growing season, yeah, it's relatively short. So what it is, it's short, but you have to remember that some plants that are blooming and fruiting are heavy users of their cells. And we see that in roses because you see that once they start blooming, 
in some instances, the leaf structure starts to wane, uh, go a little chlorotic, which is the yellow colorant comes in there. So at that point, you know you need to up your fertilizer to keep the green cells going so that it can produce the blooming aspect of it. All right, let's go back to lines. Mart is waiting patiently. Hello, Mart. Hello. Are you there? Oh, Mary, are you there? Hi. Hi, Mary. Sorry, uh, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. How can um, we help you on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Okay, I'm trying to grow cauliflower, but there's little tiny black bugs on there. How, what do I do to powder them? I am putting a bug killer on there, but it doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, with the cauliflower and that kind of stuff, it's going to have to be a repeat pattern of application. Again, I like to use water first, blast it off that you can. And then if it's constantly on there on the days where we have dry spells, you could use your diatomaceous earth or um, that would probably be my go-to for using on that one because the diatomaceous earth is active on any type of crawly insects that's on it. And as they ingest it, they'll ingest a little bit of that and then cause their demise. Okay. Okay. How and do you just make spell sure- that? Uh, diatomaceous, oh geez, I have to, okay, I have to spell it out as I say it to you. It's D-I-M-A-T-A, and I think it's O-U-S, diatomaceous earth. I oh, think okay. I spelt it wrong. But if you kind of sort of go back in there and say, do you have diatomaceous earth? Then uh, your garden center should know what it is. Okay. Okay? Thank you. Okay, and just remember, whenever you do any type of spray on Anything that is edible, make sure you wash it off very well. Oh, okay? for sure. Yep. Thank oh, yeah. you. Okay, Mary. Bye. Bye-bye. It's part of that. And uh, there are so many limitations, you know, with um, when I'm saying, when we talk about bugs, okay, I'm going to go back a few years and uh, I met one younger lady. I was younger then too. And she said she'd like to get into gardening, but she wants to have a garden, but she does not want to have bugs. We kind of give a giggle because if you have a garden and if you're outside, you are going to have bugs. And it's part of the element of, I don't know if we get into the portion of it, it's part of the element of life. There's the good and there's the not so good. And part of it is the good. We're growing plants. We're making ourselves. We're growing good food. But we have to understand there is the little bug aspect too. But we can deal with it and it makes us stronger because we're learning from it. We're knowing how to treat it. And then we have the produce of what we're growing. So yes, gardening, it involves bugs. And it even involves the canker worms, because as I said, the canker worms are out. I actually took Ruby, and uh, my granddaughter, I know you've heard me talk about her before. I actually showed her what the canker worm was. She thought it was kind of cute, the way he kind of lopped up and then walked, and then crunched his back up and walked again. But when it came to the point of holding it, no way. Off she ran, because it was creepy. I remember being like that too, but now I'm right in there. I'm digging the worms and going, yes, sorry, Mr. Worm, I've disturbed you in the soil. I'll put you back. Mr. Cankerworm, you're not going back. All right. I want to thank you for listening this morning. It's been a fun morning. And just remember, if the cankerworms are out there, BTK is your action source for getting rid of them. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next weekend on the Lawn and Garden Journal.